That was Lissy with Go Your Own Way. And standing by to join us for the last segment is Carol Goodman. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. So uh, before I had you uh, booked for the show, I had asked, I think it was your PR person, uh, mm-hmm. tell me about Carol's backstory. And you had an interesting uh, backstory into becoming a writer. Did you want to share just a bit of that? Um, which backstory is that? Is that the starting at nine um, <laughs> with my creative writing teacher? <laughs> oh, I love that one. Oh, sure. You I've got a couple backstories. Yeah, let's talk um, about that yeah. one. Uh, we'll start with that one. Um, so when I was nine years old, my... Um, yeah, my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Dubinsky, uh, started creative writing um, as a, top, a subject, which not everyone did back then. And I launched into a 90-page crayon-illustrated what? epic called <laughs> The Adventures of the Magical Herd, um, in which a girl named Carol lives with a, a herd of horses, wild horses. No mention is ever made of Carol's human family. Um and I was just off. I was off to the races. Oh my gosh! Your poor teacher. I'm sorry. Ninety pages of crayon <laughs> writing. I know. <laughs> she was very supportive, but she did at some point have to call in my mother uh, for a parent-teacher conference <laughs> and said, "It's great that Carol's writing so much, but she really does have to do her other work. She has to focus." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had to do my math as well. Oh my gosh! So, what led you to uh, the type of writing you do now? Well, um, I've always loved mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother read a lot of Agatha Christie's when I was growing up. And I think it's, um, I've just always been um, interested in when people are telling the truth, when they're not, when things seem um, one way and you find out there's something else. I mean, that just seems like life. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so I just started writing stories in which we're not sure who we can trust and things happen and you're not sure... What's going on? Right. Um, yeah. So you know the name of my show is Get the Funk Out, right? Get the Funk Out. I yes. love it. <laughs> um, how has uh, writing been an important part of your life personally, professionally? Okay. I, I really have always used writing, um, as I said, in my first um, you know, incarnation of a writer was a way of escaping into a fantasy world and dealing with things that were going on in life. Um, you know, I've had things happen in my life that were difficult. This book specifically, The Night Visitors, addresses issues of um, domestic abuse and violence, mm-hmm. um, very serious issues. And I had left a, um, an abusive marriage uh, many years before uh, when my daughter was two. Um, okay. She's 27 now, so that was quite some time ago. And um, the way I was very lucky that I had family to go to. But at the time, moving back in with my parents when I was 35, as hard as that was, I was I thought about how much harder it would have been if I had not exactly. had um, that home to go to. Yeah. And, and my first book, my first published book, The Lake of Dead Languages, really comes out of thinking about that. I thought about what would I have done, where would I have gone if I had not had my family. And so I made up a story about a woman who goes to a, um, starts working at a boarding school where she gets housing and free daycare. Um, that was my way of both dealing with the scary situation I was in and, and also imaginatively thinking about uh, how it could have been worse, Yes, how it could have been more difficult. I think that's what I always do with my writing in some ways. I, I look at, um, I, I try to tell a different story about what's happening in my life, and I think about the people who 
um, whose stories have a different um, arc because they don't have the same advantages that I have. Right. So this is where I'm, I'm going to interject, and I want to share your um, a little bit of your credentials, where you went to college, because I'm, I'm blown mm-hmm. away here. You went to Vassar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you majored in Latin, and you taught Latin for several years. Uh, you studied for an MFA in fiction. You're the author of 20 novels. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a lot to work out in my life. <laughs> I keep writing books to do it. <laughs> But that's the way we do it. I mean, you, right. you put your, your stuff into your books, and it's healing. At least it should mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Have you felt like I that? I find it so. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have, I, I asked like everybody this question today because I'm intrigued. Do you have a time of day when you're most creative or a routine to your writing? Uh, absolutely. I, the morning um, always works best for me to start out the day um, without the interference of other, you know, first doing other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and also as I get older, I find it's when the, my brain cells work the best in the morning. And right. so I, I really I try to reserve that for my writing time. So I, after I finish the newspaper, um, finish breakfast, I, I generally start writing. And if I start in the morning, I might be able to go further into the day. But if I don't start in the morning, it's really hard for me to, pick up start later in the day. Yeah. I find that when you do make that time, it's it's a mood booster for the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always feel much better if I've done some writing in the morning. Um, and I try most days, even if I can't do a lot, I try to do a little bit in the morning just to sort of touch that um, part of myself. Now, how long have you taught writing and literature at the New School in New York? Well, the new school where I did my MFA, I started teaching uh, right after that. So really, like, 20 years I've been doing some classes there. Um, sometimes only a single class a semester or an online class. Um, but, yeah, I've been doing that for, for a long time. Amazing. Upwards of 20 years, yeah. Any advice for people that are listening that are writers? Well, really that you just have to keep going at it. I, I wrote... Um, but before when I said my first published book, I said it like that because I wrote two books that weren't published. Um, it took me, although I started writing when I was nine, I did not publish, um, I started publishing short stories in my 30s, did not publish a book until I was 40. Um, and it, you know, you can get a lot of discouragement, so you really have to uh, find what writing needs to you um, and, and just keep doing it. And I find that, you know, for me, it's become um, more than a habit. It's become something like something I need to do. Yes. And when it becomes something you need to do, you just you'll keep doing it no matter what. And that's, yeah. that's what you have to do. I feel like I go into the zone when I write. And, um, mm-hmm. and when I come out of that zone, I feel like I've just been somewhere else. I've been a little transported. Mm-hmm. That might sound a little woo-woo, but... <laughs> No, no, it's exactly, I mean, that's, I think, and I think that that feeling becomes a little addictive, that once you've done that, it's such a relief in a way to be able to step outside your own life and your own self for a little while, Mm -hmm. that you, you really, you become addicted to that, you want to be able to, to go there and do that on a regular basis. Right. I, I figured out, I don't know if you do this when you're writing, but I, if I play like some kind of meditative music, something while I'm writing, mm-hmm. I can tune everything else out in wherever mm-hmm. I'm 
that's it's a really good way of doing it. I, I try to, um, I have the classical station usually on, mm-hmm. and I like the classical station because there are no words in the music. Exactly, I can't um, have words. Yeah, no words. You can't have other words interfering with your words, so you do need something soothing like that. Um, and sometimes I do, I have a, a, one of those meditative, creative tapes that's classical music, and they say they're like, you know, different t- creative tones underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but um, but it, it, it feels soothing, and... Um, and it does um, tune out the rest of the world. So I think that's a good strategy. Absolutely. Do you have a website where people can learn more about you? Sure. Uh, carolgoodman.com. Pretty simple. Okay. And and I'm on Facebook, Carol Goodman Author, and Twitter, and all of that good stuff. Fantastic. Um, congratulations on your latest book, The Night Visitors. And, Thank uh, you. What does it feel like having wrapped up that one? Um, I feel really good about this book, and I'm, I'm, uh, it's, it's a, a nice feeling because it's taken, I started it two years ago, and um, I started it with a really, um, you know, this intent to write about uh, domestic abuse and violence, and it was hard to write, um, but I feel like I really wrestled with it, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's out in the world now. I'm um, looking forward to um, having a dialogue with with people, with readers, as they read it. Fantastic. Good. Well, thank you so much for calling in. This has been wonderful. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It's been a delight. Thanks for your great questions. My pleasure. Congratulations on your book. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. That was Carol Goodman calling in to talk about her uh, creative writing process and her latest book, The Night Visitors. All the info is up on my show blog, GetTheFunkOutShow.KUCI.org. I'm going to wrap it up with another song from Lissy. This is uh, Further Away. And Sheldon Abbott is back with Cure for the Blues. He's in the house. So I'll be back next week. If you want to find out about being a guest, just shoot me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. Have a great day.